You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And this week we have, without a doubt, one of our favorite shows that we record every year. It is our Father's Day episode with Fred Lawler and Jay Goldstein. Um, but yeah, let's just, let's dive right in. Dad, thank you for joining me. This is Fred Lawler here. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And we've got, I think, seven questions today. We try to mix these up every year. Because, you know, we don't want things to get too repetitive, but it's fun to hear, you know, players you like from the past. This year, we're going to target more the current season and a lot of what happened in the off season. So getting started right away, did you think that Aaron Rodgers was actually going to be coming back in 2022? I really did think he was going to come back. There's, there's always that shadow of a doubt in your mind. But I believe Aaron is still playing with a very complete skill set. And while I don't believe he's someone that's going to continue well past his prime and, you know, we'll be thinking, boy, I wish you would have hung it up three years ago. I don't see that with him. I think he's self-aware enough, perhaps arrogant enough that uh, when the day comes, he will just walk away. And I don't think that day is yet for him. So from a playing somewhere perspective, that's my take. Um, As far as playing in Green Bay, I really believe the biggest part of that is, where else? Where better? Yeah. Um, I think it'd be very hard to walk into another Detroit scenario with the um, Stafford going to the Rams. They were so ready. That was the perfect puzzle piece to fit and have that happen. Um, I don't see another team out there that is more poised than Green Bay with just the addition of Aaron to bring them over that hump. Yeah, I mean, there was some you know speculation that the Broncos were one of the landing spots. Um, the Steelers. But if you look at, you know, the AFC as a whole, there's young quarterbacks in really hotly contested divisions. You've got either, you know, Herbert and Mahomes, if you go to the Broncos, or you've got Lamar and Joe Burrow, if you go to the Steelers. So the, the NFC and staying right in Green Bay with the core talent he had around him, I think was probably his best bet for actively chasing a ring, knowing that the NFC is probably honestly quite a bit weaker than the AFC at this point, as far as what the playoff picture looks like. Decent elite teams, but less teams at the top. Yeah. Less danger getting knocked off in those early weeks. Um, I also did want to mention 
um, that as far as Rodgers hanging around in Green Bay, part of it is the fit, part of it is not a better option, but I think there's some element to him that believes that I do, as I do, that Green Bay is a pretty football savvy market. They're a, a player friendly market. And whereas, you know, just everybody has their boo birds and their complainers and whatnot, but he's likely to get a fairer shake here in general than if he goes somewhere and doesn't have immediate success. I see it turning ugly in a hurry. And, you know, maybe I'm a little jaded on the Green Bay fan base, but <laughs> um, I believe there's some truth there. Yeah. And I mean, I think part of it too, we talked about this, you know, it's just the idea that, you know, he saw what happened with Favre and he saw him leave and he saw how it like tainted his legacy and it took Packers fans a while to warm back up to Favre. And now, you know, you can argue that everything is great again. And, you know, Favre had that coming back ceremony and at Lambeau Field. But I think for Rodgers, as much as he talks about legacy and, you know, he wants another Super Bowl, the four MVPs and the fact that he can start and finish his career with Green Bay might mean the most to him, knowing that he didn't do to Packers fans what he saw Favre do, um, where his legacy and his reputation can kind of be upheld as being the guy that stuck around. Exactly. The legacy is a huge part of it. The other thing is Aaron is never going to want for money or opportunities. <sighs> so finishing out with Green Bay and making the next phase of his life, you know, his, you know, cash in that little extra bit certainly is a doable thing where he doesn't have to chase it in another market right now. Yeah. So we talked about Rogers, obviously. And then part of that was Devonte Adams and, you know, would they both come back? Would both of them leave? I know that, you know, the rumor was that they were going to go to Denver together to play with Nathaniel Hackett. So what was your reaction then when Devonte ended up being traded to the Raiders? My initial response was probably very much like most Packer fans where it's like, Oh man, how do you replace that? And, um, the obvious simple answer is you don't, you know, that's a, a great talent. You know, you can argue for where he falls within the group, but you'd have to say at least top five, mm-hmm. if not one or two at the wide out position. But um, there's an optimistic side of me that looks at this and says, okay, if, if it suits him and it's better for him, thank you for the years. It was a great ride, but maybe the team will be better. Aaron will be better. Um, the Packers will have a chance to go deeper if they can diversify a bit and not be so dependent on a Rodgers to Adams connection that is a little bit too easy to um, lock down in critical moments and then it's deadly. Yeah, we talked about that too. Like the Matt LaFleur offense has always been predicated on spreading the ball around. And of course, when you have a guy like Devontae Adams, I think Rodgers even said it, mandatory minicamp, like 80% of plays were designed to go to 17 because he's just that dynamic. And even if he's triple covered, he can get open and he can make a play, but you know, you have other weapons in the offense. You've got the running backs. It doesn't necessarily mean that the Packers are going to go out and have two thousand yard wide receivers. It just means that, you know, I don't know if the Packers have any thousand yard wide receiver this year, but I think being able to spread the ball around and seeing what the Packers did without Adams in the limited time that they had him in the LaFleur tenure, I think they went six and zero. So it's going to be pretty interesting to watch, and this will all come late in the season or postseason even, but what the overall numbers look like. I'm yeah. sure you won't see an individual that comes close to Adam's production, but collectively as a group, mm-hmm. I would almost make a case that you might see a greater number of total yards yeah. you know, in the receiving core than you have had in the past just because you're not so individually dependent. Yeah, I think just giving – you know, additional guys opportunities. And, 
even like, you know, I hate to keep going back to the running backs, but Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both had over a thousand scrimmage yards. So I think, you know, them probably having more receiving yards this year, in addition to the numbers they're going to put up on the ground, just being able to spread the ball around because we know Aaron Rodgers and he said, you know, he likes the potential of the rookies, but he prefers production. So he's got to see them produce for him before he can just, you know, warm up to them in the offense. Right. And at the end of the day, I believe most of these guys, as much as everybody wants individual success, there is an element of success you can only achieve as a team. Mm -hmm. And if those numbers look different and if those combinations of how it happens look different, uh, check your ego at the door. (laughs) Let's get us another ring because um, more runs, more carries, more receptions. Hey, as long as somebody's getting them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's a really good way to put it, too, is just this team at this point. You've got guys like Mercedes Lewis and David Bakhtiari. And, you know, the Aaron Rodgers window is closing. He basically said that each year is a wait and see year. So if he wins a ring, he's riding off into the sunset, you know, whatever that means. And I, to get rings with as much as he would have wanted to get a ring with Devontae. For sure. To get guys like Cobb a ring and Bakhtiari and Mercedes Lewis and, you know, the guys on the defense that deserve it. He's really close with Preston Smith, like. I think that'll go a long way. And I think it's important, too, to to talk about the Devontae Adams angle where the Packers are willing to pay him. You know, we they were right. going to give him more money. And at that time, he said, you know, I want to be closer to my family. I want to play with Derek Carr. We're very close friends. Um, I want to maximize my opportunities for longer. If Rodgers is one and done and he's playing with Jordan Love or who knows at quarterback, you know, at least he's got familiarity with Carr. So. Exactly. You, you have to look at. Devante taking a long-term approach to one of the measures of success or your best ways to guarantee success is to have some kind of chemistry going on. He obviously has that with Aaron, but when Aaron's gone, it's going to take a while to develop that Mm -hmm. with Jordan or anyone else. If he can go to uh, Derek Carr and accelerate that curve, if you will, um, it might not happen in a year or two, but a few years down the road, that could pay dividends for him for, five or more years as opposed to, okay, Aaron, all, all the dice on this roll. Here we go. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a, if, if Rogers was like 34, I think it'd be a different scenario, you know, but I think there's also a part when you are in the conversation for being a hall of fame player, like we have to remember that he put up these kinds of numbers when Brett Humley was the quarterback, you know? So it's like, I think there's a part of him that's Derek Carr's a, a talented quarterback, but I think there's a part of him that, you know, wants to address to the NFL that like Rogers didn't make him who he is. Like he's the player that he is and he can go put up yes. Hall of Fame numbers, whoever's throwing the ball. Right. But, but again, going back to, to the team element, it's like, okay, if this is going to be true for you, which I, I wish him nothing but success. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you have not only the quarterback, but the offensive line that can keep your quarterback upright, yeah. the running game that can complement you and mm-hmm. set you free. There are a million elements that go in there. So as much as I wish him the best and, and believe he will have success, it, it is certainly not uh, all on your shoulders to be that guy. Right. And is it team success or is it individual success, which I think is going to be yes. in that division really tricky. So we kind of talked about a little bit what the offense will look like without Devontae, but how are you feeling going into this season? You know, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers back. They lost Devontae Adams. They had a really nice draft. Um, the money that they didn't, like spend for Devonte, they were able to bring back Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell. So, like, how are you feeling about the state of the roster as a whole? Actually, feeling pretty good. It it, it kind of cracks me up because everybody it's it's 
the networks are going to hype it. The league right. is going to hype it. But he wants it hyped to keep interest maintained and everything else. But, you know, to borrow a word from Aaron himself is just relax. Yeah. Trust that there are a lot of people involved in this process that get paid way more than we do to have, you know, a stake in this. They're, they're not just going for their reputation. This is their very livelihood and building a resume and, and staying at this for a long time. So they do put in the hours. They do put in the time. They study this. So sometimes, I mean, I can understand if you're with an organization that has a bad track record, how you would get frustrated. But um, give Matt and, you know, Goot yeah. and all these guys credit for really seeming to be dialed in on, you know, trust us here. We have a plan. We know what we're doing. And we're working in the right direction. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, fan reaction, too, was if the Packers bring back Rodgers and Adams, what's the cap situation like? They're going to mortgage the future to try and win a ring. And everything we've seen from them is them doing the exact opposite. They've set themselves up really nicely to be able to not only have Rodgers for one or two years, however long he plays, but Devondre Campbell, five-year contract. And then they go get an inside linebacker as a rookie who's on a five-year rookie deal. And like Jaron Reed, they brought in as a free agent to pair with Kenny Clark while Devontae Wyatt develops. So they're just really good historically, Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Like I love the way the Packers bring in free agents and pair them with draft picks so that they can still continue to draft and develop while also focusing on, Hey, we still have an opportunity to capitalize on win right now. Right. I mean, I totally agree. And I, I just love, we've had this conversation in the past. Um, talent can get you a lot of things but it can't buy you experience out the gate. Right. So pairing that experience with the young talent gives you such an opportunity to mentor people and to um, increase their growth potential early. So instead of taking three to five years to develop, maybe they're ahead of that curve and you're getting a lot more back out of them early on, which helps you make decisions down the road on who stays, who goes, which Again, it's a business. It's a lot of hard decisions to make, but anything you can do to make that easier on yourself is well spent. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the Packers, you know, they they drafted for the future in the fact that Rodgers had a couple of down years. Nobody expected him to come win back-to-back MVPs after they took Jordan Love. That was, you know, always going to be the benefit and the hope that that would be a turnaround. But, you know, even if Rodgers is one and done and or, you know, they win a ring, hopefully, and then he retires – the team is still set up really nicely for Jordan Love, whoever comes in and plays quarterback Baker Mayfield, whoever is traded uh, or coming in to, to, you know, hold the reins for the Packers. I think they're, they're set up really nicely with not only the rookies that are going to be able to contribute, but the vets that have signed long enough deals that they can help kind of usher in the new era guys like Jair who just got paid. Right. And, And the fun thing too, is as, as these guys go, Aaron admits it himself, as you're learning from Favre on the fly, you're also picking up those skills to be that guy when it's your turn. Yeah. So for Jair and all these young guys, they're learning invaluable lessons to step into that next role when their opportunity comes to be that mentor. Yeah, and I mean, like Preston Smith is a really good example of a guy that came in and took leadership, Adrian Amos. But it is kind of fun to see the core nucleus of the defense being Kenny Clark and Jair. And these are guys that are like 25, 26, like they oh, yeah. historically should be with the team for a really long time. And, you know, I think it says a lot about the front office too, that the Packers are willing to invest in those guys and they give second contracts to the homegrown guys yes. because those are the guys that you want to see kind of earn that the most. 
well, the last thing you want to do is be a farm club for other <laughs> NFC North opponents. Yeah, because we know that the Vikings will take whoever the Packers end up getting. Right. The Bears, getting I think, have five <laughs> ex-Packers right now. So. so that kind of segues really nicely into, you know, the draft conversation. But, you know, did you have a favorite draft pick or, you know, who maybe do you think would be the most productive from this rookie class? I'm thinking that um, they have a lot of options out there that could be really good. I'm, I'm not as well-versed on the O-line folks, but I've heard a lot of good things about mm-hmm. that class. Um, the receivers are exciting, especially with the departure of Devante. But um, I've got to say Quay Walker is somebody that really excites me because I want to see him and Devondre Campbell on the field together because I have this, this vision of um, White and, and David David, yeah. David down box. in um, Tampa Bay. And I thought, boy, that's just a scary thing to go mm-hmm. against. I mean, you've already got Kenny and the front line, which looks good. Mm-hmm. The, the secondary is just fun to watch. Now, if you can fill that, what has been kind of historically a little bit of a soft spot, that, boy, that upside looks really good. Yeah, and I mean, I think we're seeing kind of like the hybrid NFL defense where – the Packers even historically have undervalued the, the middle of the field. And with Devondre, we talked about this too, the the idea that he came in and said like, well, I've always been Batman, but I've always had to be someone else's Robin. So him getting to come in and show who he really is in Green Bay, getting to mentor someone. And, you know, they, they were talking to Quay Walker at his locker and it was really cute. He said that he, uh, he's like, yeah, I watched Devondre a lot. And I don't think he knows how much I watch him to pick up what he's doing yeah. in, in mini camp. So the two of them together, being able to even play, like we said earlier, five years together can go a long way for Devondre's legacy with the Packers and Quay's development long-term. And having such similar athleticism and skill sets mm-hmm. and everything else, boy, you, you just think of moments in your own life where you've been talking to somebody in a similar role and you've shared pointers back mm-hmm. and forth. You know, it's not like, well, gee, Devondre, that'd be great, but I don't have your range. I don't have your yeah. your build. These guys, there's not a whole lot they can throw back at each other that would not improve the other one's game just because they are so similar. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, the nice thing with the situation in general, too, is, you know, it's not like Quay's coming in to take Devondre's job. We're seeing right. defenses now that utilize two inside linebackers really frequently, especially Joe Barry being a linebacker's guru. So the two of them, you know, really being able to build off of each other, I think, is going to be really exciting for the defense. And, you know, we talked about this, too, after the season. Um, but the idea that, you know, you had a really explosive offense for a while and then, you know, maybe the defense let you down in some moments. The defense played its best game of the season when it needed to the most. And unfortunately, the offense couldn't do enough. So to be able to build off of that, maybe you have the Packers winning games 17 to 14, you know, and the offense isn't scoring as many points, but the defense is so explosive and playing so lights out that you're not needing to put up 40 points to win games. Right, which potentially takes a lot of pressure off Rodgers and that younger batch of receivers that he's dealing with that, um, yeah, you still need to do your bit, but we've got a season to work it out because the defense is going to keep us close, keep us alive, and um, we'll have those kinks worked out by the time we get to the playoffs. So then, you know, we talked about the draft. Do you think that, you know, there's – other contenders in the NFC North? Are you concerned at all about any teams or is it really just Green Bay's division to lose to you? This is sort of that no pressure is its own form of pressure. Yeah. We've had this conversation where I believe that it is in fact our division to lose. 
Um, Minnesota is perennially on the cusp, Mm -hmm. but they always find a way to do that Minnesota purple and (laughs) choke. So um, I don't know with their receiving core, with Cook in the backfield. They they seem to have a lot of the tools, but I don't Mm -hmm. know if Cousins himself, you know, I, I... his skill set may be great. He, maybe it's a situational fit. Maybe it's a coaching, you know. But I, I just don't see them going beyond where they are right now. And they might have even taken a step backwards this offseason. Uh, so I don't really see them challenging us too much unless injuries or something really mm-hmm. hobble the Packers. Detroit's very exciting because they finally accepted the fact that it may take you a garbage season or two to build in the right direction, but instead of accepting that as the norm, they're going somewhere with it with draft choices. Mm-hmm. This, this this draft looked really cool they for them. Really good draft, yeah. Um, so I I really see there's a potential for them to jump past at least one, if not both, of the mm-hmm. others in our division, which is very interesting. And you know, yeah. good good luck. Um, <laughs> I don't. You're you're a couple years away still, but at least you're working in the right direction. And then the Bears, um, for my long-suffering Bear fans who are friends, you know, I'm sorry, but it doesn't look like a, a great year. Yeah. Um, for my long-suffering but more intolerant Bear friends that I have a hard time with, um, you know, strap on your helmet, it's going to be a long yeah. season. Um, I don't know the, the losses they've had on the yeah. offense and defensive side of the ball, and I didn't see those addressed directly in the draft. Fields may have all kinds of potential, but if they don't get him the help he needs, yeah, uh, he's going to be another, you know, Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. 2.0, and, and now let's bring in another guy and fail to develop him. Yeah, I mean, I think the really hard part, and the Bears, to their credit, you know, they brought in Luke Getze to work with him, but when you're a rookie quarterback, you know, Baker Mayfield's a good example of this with the Browns, but and you have new head coaches every year, it's really hard to develop who you are in the league when you're learning new offenses and being, you know, having to deal with new offensive coordinators. So it is really interesting to see now that Dan Campbell in his second season is the second longest tenured coach in the NFC North. Matt LaFleur, you know, going in as the longest tenured coach with the Bears and Vikings, completely destroying their front offices and bringing in new GMs and head coaches. So really interesting to see how the NFC North does shake out just because there's going to be a lot of change over the next, you know, probably three or four seasons. You know, um, Lafleur came out of the gate hotter than blazes, <laughs> and it took him no time at all to establish, you know. But I don't. Maybe the, he didn't. He inherited a much better situation than some of these others have. For sure, he inherited a better front office mm-hmm. than these other folks. So I don't expect uh, that lightning to strike twice. But um, yeah. It could could happen, but I'm not looking for it. I, I, I think that we would have to do something drastic to not control our own destiny in the North. I agree. So on that note, then, you know, we we know the division's going to be some, some really interesting games, especially, you know, starting the season at Minnesota, then against the Bears at home with two head coaches, um, two new head coaches, just a lot of change really early in the season. But what game then are you most looking forward to on the schedule this year? Um, minor apology to the Packers faithful that, you know, have other games circled that are maybe more important or, you know, more definitive of of who we are and what our development is. I am most looking forward to the London game with the Giants. And Maggie will tell you the number one reason I have for this is a few years back, I 
was not in the least aware how popular Green Bay was abroad and especially in the UK. So this is a shout out to all of them and a thank you for, you know, loyally sticking with us all these years. And the fact that they will get an opportunity to go attend a game is just amazing. Really cool. Even if it's just watching in a pub and knowing that right down the street or, you know, a few hundred miles away, your boys are playing for it. That's pretty darn cool. So I'm, I'm very excited for uh, Packer fans, UK and abroad. And um, I, I was telling Maggie, boy, you know, of all the years, if, if it were in the cards. This baby, man. With this baby. <laughs> love, love this baby. This first but grandkid, man. Telling you, kid. I said, Maggie, boy, I can just picture you sitting in a, a little pub outside uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with your UK friends just, you know, tipping one to the Green Bay Packers and then going and enjoying a game in London. Yeah, and they're really fun, too, because they always plan a trip to Green Bay every year. The UK Packers represent really well. Um, I know they do away games, too. I think they were at one of the California games last year. But, That's cool. So they not only get to go to Lambeau, but they try to go to away games, too. So it's it's got to be really fun now for them to be the ones that are hosting as oh, only, yeah. you know, American fans are coming and looking yes. for places to stay and food racks. So really cool to kind of share the love there. It, it truly is. I think my game, I love, you know, the London camaraderie. I think that's going to be really cool. Um, but just as far as, like, maybe the game that I'm most interested in on paper is, you know, the Packers at Bills in late October. The only caveat I have here is that I told Perry this on the show. I was hoping it was in December and it would be a blizzard. But I know she will be at that game, so she's thankful that it will not be a snowy blizzard. Um, but just two really good fan bases that are going to be a lot of fun. And potentially, you know, a Super Bowl preview, if you will, two of the better teams in the league. Yeah, a lot of a lot of similarities between those two franchises, and um, especially the fan bases. That that is a good one for sure. All right. So, last question. You know, as we wrap things up, because it is Father's Day, do you have any advice out there for either new dads or soon to be new dads? And I will make Mark listen to this. All right. <laughs> so no pressure. So I shouldn't just say new dads out there. I should specify Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Are you Maybe listening? extra advice. <laughs> no. Um, best piece of advice for new dads out there. Um, Maggie will tell you I'm kind of heavy on the analogy sometimes, and that's an apology, but it's a dad thing. No joke this year, so you can have an analogy instead. Um, really hard for me to reduce down to one thing, not that I claim to be any kind of dad guru, but just my observations I mean, I think you're good at it, so. over the years. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um but trying to reduce it down to a piece of advice, I cheated a little bit. And I said, for me, being a good dad, the best thing you can do is kind of think of yourself as a cook and try to be a really good cook. There's a lot out there that you can use as a resource, but it's what you bring uniquely to the situation that really makes a difference. So if you were blessed like I was to have a really fantastic father, or maybe it wasn't a dad, maybe it was an uncle or an older uh, relative or friend, that's your starting point. You got a lot of good lessons from those folks. Go ahead and use that as your basis. Um, don't be afraid to ever seek help. I mean, if you're grilling in the backyard and something's not going right, call a buddy that grills better than you do. And it's like, oh, yeah, turn your temperature up, you know, use the other rat, whatever the case may be. The help is out there. All you got to do is not be too proud to ask for it. And um, they'll either have an answer for you or some good ideas or they'll share the pain because <laughs> we dads do that, too. That's that's not a unique thing. Um, the other thing is always believe in yourself, no matter how good your role models were, 
just don't try to be them because you're not, and you're, you're not meant to be. Um, you take what was best from them and you try to utilize it where you can. But um, the best dads and the best cooks are not the ones that fail and give up or stay down. They're the ones that get back up and keep trying again. So you, you just never give up on yourself or, or on the situation and stick with it. And boy, you know, you'll, you'll find out that you grow into the job and you, you really do develop into something closer to your role model than you thought you might have, have reached on your own. So um, think of it this way. The very best dads um, use recipes as intended, you know, just like cooks. They're a framework to build off of and improve on. So at the end of the day, just be yourself, dad. You got this. That's very good advice. And if I might add, having zero dad experience, teach your kids how to throw a football because I have a mean lefty spiral to this day because of this man sitting right next to me. So, And yeah, dad, <laughs> dad, don't be afraid. Son, daughter, you know, <laughs> get him out there and have a good time. Share the love. And if it's not football, let it be something else. But share those moments. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dad, for joining me on the show. Going to kick it over to Perry with her dad, Jay. But uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast. As long as the dads will keep coming on the show, we will keep recording these every Father's Day. So I love you. Thank love you, you as always, for listening. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Okay. We are here. It is Perry and Jay, round three. How are you feeling? Third annual Father's Day episode. Third annual Father's Day. Feels like yesterday we did the first one. So. I know. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. It's been that long. Yeah. Um, all right. So everyone's probably heard all the questions already since Maggie and Fred recorded, but we have a couple here for you. So I think we're starting with Rogers and last off season was nuts, right? He was back and forth last but he came back this was crazy season. um last year before the season was crazy then he played mvp caliber um we didn't make it to the super bowl again and the question was was he coming back yeah my reaction was he wasn't going to really uh, i don't i couldn't tell you why i guess i don't know i dealt with Favre and the yes no yes no yes no thing and eventually it's no. Um, but I think at this point now, Rogers' no will be the end of his career. But when Adams was traded, I thought that was it, actually. For Rogers. For Rogers. Because they talk. Yeah. I mean, they're friends. They just went golfing together. In yeah, Vegas. I know. So, so, so the next question is, what was your initial reaction to the Vontae Adams trade? So it was twofold. One was, I didn't think Rodgers was coming back. And the second was, I don't think he thinks Jordan Love is, is the quarterback of the future. So those are my two reactions to Devontae Adams. Yeah. Because he got more money. He would have gotten more money to stay. He's got a legacy in Green Bay. I'm not a Derek Carr lover. So I'm not sure that he's better off there. It's where he wanted to be, obviously, because he could have stayed in Green Bay. So my reaction was those two things and yeah. then disappointment that he left. Yeah. So you thought that they were a package deal, Devontae and Rogers? I did. Okay. 
So it's interesting you say that. So do you take into account at all, like being closer to family, Derek Carr and him played together in college, like all those yes, factors? I, so, so they played together in college, being closer to family. Okay. Listen, all these guys are, unless you're born where you're playing, they're all away from family. Yeah. Um, they all take houses in the, in the area they're in. They all have young families. So most of them, it's not about the kids being in school. It's not about any of that. So I don't know. I, I just think he wanted to play with Derek Carr and the Raiders. Yeah. So he, he had an interesting presser recently where he actually said, you know, part of Rogers's uncertain future made his decision, like helped make his decision to leave, which I found interesting because Rogers, he knew Rogers was going to sign this deal. That's three years. And everyone made a big deal about it a little bit, kind of what you just said, which is he must not think Jordan Love is it. And my reaction to it was more, Devontae is going to get a four, five, six, potentially a year deal. This is his last one. Half of that would be potentially with a quarterback that's just unknown, right? Maybe it's it's not Jordan Love, doesn't matter, post-Rodgers, that he had to commit for longer than Rodgers. I think it's fair of him to say, I, I don't want to commit to some uncertainty in two, three years' time and be tied to this place. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but Derek Carr could be injured tomorrow oh, yeah. and be gone. No, right? I understand. So, so, yeah, I guess so. Um, but I think in the end... It's where he wanted to be yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so speaking of Adams, gone. Offense is obviously going to look very, very different. I think that's what everyone is talking about going into the season. So how are you feeling? Like, How do you think this offense is going to look? Well, I think they have two stellar running backs. Um, so I think they're going to – listen, you and I have talked about this. LaFleur is a run-first guy, not a pass-first guy. So he's going to be able to run his offense. He, he's got, I think, a, an interesting mix of wide receivers. Um, I think they have probably more overall speed. I think he's going to run a lot of misdirection stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I read, they've been using Aaron Jones in the slot during the during the mini camp that's interesting so i think they're going to have two those two running backs on the field together more than you've ever seen so i think it's going to be a little bit different it's not going to be it, listen it's not going to be throw it down the field it, it's not going to be wing it up to mvs and to be honest with you i'm happy with that me too oh my god i i, I, I hate that i hated the shot plays i, I, I know i hate the shot plays yeah. uh, i don't like them i think that Make them work for it. Make them, you know, go Listen, 10, 12 plays down right. the field. Watch the Rams play. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do a lot of shot plays. They run a lot of crossers. I'm hoping that that this offense looks more like that offense. Yeah. I mean, I think I look at the offense when Devonta Adams was out because you had a plenty of games. They were like four and one when he was out. Um, They're undefeated. You know, <laughs> the whatever last two it was, seasons. right. Yeah. So they can play without him. Listen, does somebody have to step up in the wide receiver room? Yeah, somebody has to. I love what Sammy Watkins has had to say. I don't like that he wasn't there for the for the volunteer voluntary OTAs. I think you got to learn the offense, but I like the fact that he thinks this is his last shot. 
Sure. He's got a lot of talent. Um, just has to stay healthy, stay on the field. Right. LaFleur had a lot of things to say. I mean, it sounds like he's a lock to make this offense, the way LaFleur talks about him. I can't imagine he wouldn't be. Yeah. You know, the the it's the back of the of the wide receiver room that I think there's questions in. How many of the rookies are going to make it? Two, to Two, me. yeah. One e- little practice squad. Easily, right? Will Winfrey make the team? I know they said he's been playing well. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, you know, y- you do have, and we'll touch base on this on the last question. Yeah. Um, you know, will Randall Cobb stay healthy? I mean, I don't know. It's it's so hard to say. And will yeah. he be productive? He looked good before he went out with that core muscle injury. Yeah, he's past his prime. Is He's there for one reason and one reason only. He's Aaron Rodgers' guy, and Rodgers wants him there. So he's there. So it's interesting. You mentioned Jones in the slot. I feel like the slot is the place with the most guys, right? Like you've got him, you've got Amari, you've got Cobb, who's only going to play out of the slot. You've got Lazard. Yeah, so, right. So the, the, the other thing is, is do they, do they have a tight end at all? Tanyan's been hurt. Who knows how he's coming back? Mercedes Lewis is way past his prime. And well, is, he's not a pass catching And is strictly a blocker. Um, Josiah DeGuara. DeGuara has been a disappointment so far. Um, they love Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis. Okay. Hope he hope well, he's something. Tanyan's re- returning from ACL. So. Right, exactly. So, so my point is this. They could run two slots, two wideouts. They they can run a whole bunch of different sets. Doesn't mean they need a tight end in the pass catching realm. Yeah, they need I... people to take up the middle of the field. So that's what the tight end does. So you could do that with a slot guy. And listen, Aaron Jones can catch the ball. Actually, A.J. Dillon can catch the ball. So you got a lot of options. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel like we could talk about the offense for a while, but we're going to switch over. Defense, completely different story, right? Like, this is whole picture, this defense. Defense, completely different story, and I'll combine three and four okay. um, in this. So they've got the potentially, in my opinion, the best secondary in football. Mm-hmm. Okay? They have three outstanding quarter cornerbacks. Two outstanding safeties. The third safety is a question right now. But for starting on the field, there isn't five better. Yeah. Right? So you so you actually feel that way about Savage? Because it's a little bit of a controversial topic with Packers fans. Like some people don't know if he's reached really the expectations of his first round draft status. I think overall Savage has played really well. Okay. Um. I think if they could find another safety, mm-hmm. he could play the star position really well. Yeah. Right. And when they go, when they go dime, they would be really strong with another really good safety and the three cornerbacks and Savage, as opposed to any of the other cornerbacks they have on the roster. Right. right now. Like I'm not in love with the cornerbacks behind them, but that would be. A whole different thing. But as far as the five, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with, with the five. Rashawn Gary is going to continue to break out. 
I think Preston Smith's a really solid guy to have around. Campbell obviously was off the charts last year, and I don't expect anything different. And my most productive rookie is Quay Walker. Yeah. I think that people – I watched a lot of Georgia football last year. Yeah. And I know N'Kobe Dean and everybody else and whatever, Quay Walker will be Micah Parsons-esque this year. So you think they're going to they're gonna send him, like, rushing the quarterback? They're going to – he is faster than any linebacker the Packers have had in decades. He is a really smart football guy. I think you're going to see them use him in lots of different ways because his speed is just off the charts. Yeah. And they can because they have Campbell, right? So he's not, he doesn't have to slide into that linebacker one right. role. Exactly. Um, so that's my most productive rookie, by the way, okay. um, along with what I feel about the defense and the defensive line, I think got better with the draft. Yeah. I mean, I think most Packers fans would say for the last couple of seasons, like, get Kenny help, right? Like, that's just been something we've talked about. Like, Kenny needs help on the right. line. The edge is good, but, like, Dean Lowry, fine. Tyler Lancaster, fine. But there was gone. no one, like, gone. But I'm saying right. in past, right? Like, there's no, there hasn't been anyone who's, like, a second stud next to Kenny Clark. And now they brought in Reed, who will probably be a rotational player. And then they drafted someone who's going to hopefully be next to Kenny for majority of snaps. Right. I think you're going to see him, Kenny Walker, and TJ Slayton actually play together. TJ, yeah. I, I think that you'll see them more. I think he's going to have a bigger role. Yeah. but we'll I see. hope so. You hope that a draft pick from a couple of – or last right. year take, takes that next step. Okay, so was Quay then your favorite draft pick? Um, yes. Yeah. He was – everyone said he was a reach. I, I disagree. disagree. And so, you know, you look at it, you go, they picked him and then they picked um, Devonta, Wyatt. Devonta Wyatt, right? And everybody's like, oh, Quay Walker was a reach. Okay. And then they picked Christian Watson and he was like, oh, they waited for the second round for does <laughs> two it, spots in does, the second right, round. Does it matter what order they were in? What if you shifted the order? What if Quay Walker was the your first pick in the second round? Is that better for you? What's the difference? I don't, yeah. I, it doesn't matter when they were picked. Yeah. Okay. I guess it matters for 50 year contract and maybe slot for cap, you know, that type of thing. But as players on the field, who, what's the difference when they were picked? Right. I like those three picks, whatever order you did it in. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, all right. So, the rest of the NFC North is definitely a joke. Yeah, the NFC North is just not really a solid. It's just not, besides the Packers, it's not a solid division. I think you have all sorts of just not great teams, not great quarterbacks. You know, I it, it's the Packers to lose. I'd be shocked if they don't win the division. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean. You know, I don't think any other team in that division will make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it. the Bears obviously are contingent upon Justin Fields, but I think even if Justin Fields is great, he has no one around him to elevate that team to anything. They lost Allen Robinson. Yeah. They, they, they've lost a couple of, of skill players. They haven't really filled them. Yeah. So I mean, Lions are making good moves, but I still think they're a couple of seasons away. And love their coach, anything. but, you know, Jared Goss not the guy. No. And they didn't bring anybody in. 
They didn't bring a, a young quarterback. Yet. Yeah. I mean, I think they're probably waiting for either like this year or next year. Cause they have a, that second first round pick from the Stafford yeah. trade and the Vikings are going to be another media. It's going to be another media. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. So. <laughs> All right. So green Bay's division to lose. Um, I think I know the answer to this next question, but I'm asking. Yeah, anyway. Well, the next question is easy. Cause uh, October 16th, the Jets at Lambeau, I hope to be there. So yeah, we're going to go. So that's that's an easy yeah. question. So also, if anyone listening uh, has tickets that game, yeah. me. Get a hold of Perry. We want to go. Yeah, it'll be my dad's first time at Lambeau with my sister and me. First time at Lambeau in general, but also the three of us first time together. So that I knew that was going to be your answer. Okay, but in terms of matchup. Is there a matchup on the schedule that you're most looking forward to watching? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. I, I think the schedule is pretty what the schedule's like all the time. Yeah. We, we end up being a really good team, so we end up with a really tough schedule, and it's the same cast of characters every year, I feel. Yeah, I agree. And there was nothing really that stood out to me. I think maybe, like, the Pats coming to Lambeau could be kind of fun. Like, I'm... Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. That's yeah, the only one that I'm I guess, of. you know, going to London. Yeah. Eh. yeah. The only thing it means is I can watch the game at 930 in the morning, Eastern time. Yeah. yeah. Go to bed. Early. Whatever it is. So I don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. Yeah. And no, nothing yeah. major. All right. So every year you give your breakout candidate. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, the anti-third round draft pick jinx. Okay. Because I think Amari Rogers is going to have a breakout year. It's going to be his year. Yep. I really, really hope you're right. That's that's what I feel. I think he's learned the offense. The the reports are he's in better shape. He's slimmed down. He's gripped. Um, I'm going that Amari Rogers steps up and has a breakout year. Nice. I love that. How do you think, I mean, is he going to be what they drafted him to be like your slot guy or they think you think they're going to use him differently? Um, I think he's going to be predominantly a slot guy. Um, I think that again, the way this offense works is you could send them out wide. They send out running backs out. I know. Right. So you can send him out wide. He's not going to be the guy that's going to beat someone down the field. That's not his role, right? But I think he could be used in space really well. And so those three wide receivers where they used to throw the Devontae screen, yeah. right, um, where Lazard's in front blocking, you just put Amari Rogers there. I, I just think he's got, you know, he's got some running back type skills, so you use it. Yeah. Cool. I love it. All right. Last one, because as listeners know, Maggie is about to be a, a new parent and it is Father's Day. So uh, any advice for new dads or just dads in general? You know what? I think the only thing that I always wanted to be was present in your life, you and your sister. So I think that's the most important thing. Be present. Yeah. Right. If, show up. If you're present um, and you create a situation where you are open minded and want to listen, then your kids are going to talk to you um, and be respectful of them. Um, then you're going to be a really good dad. Just got to be present for your children. 
That's the most important thing to me. So well said, Dad. Love that. No and you were. I appreciate it. Still that. are, actually. That's right. Um, all right. Well, this was super fun. As usual, love a Father's Day episode. Fantastic. Yeah. Go, go pack, pack go. go.